Welcome to the Recovery Unplugged, uh, where we believe recovery is more than just stand sober or sobriety, but that God wants us to be free in our minds, our souls, and our spirit. And today's topic, we want to talk about shame. Why shame? Why is it important to talk about shame as part of recovery? Simply put, uh, shame hinders many people in their walk, in their recovery process, in their addiction. People believe uh, that they are too far gone or, or on the other side of the coin, believe that they're not worthy of anything else but uh, the consequences of their sin. So recovery and shame works hand in hand. And the root of it is fear. The root of shame is fear. And if we craft it in a way, uh, this is not a new thing. Uh, shame has been around since the beginning of time. Uh, I think about when Adam and Eve uh, first uh sin first uh, made their decisions in the garden, the first thing they did was hid. And it says they were afraid. So they ran from the very thing, person, that can help them in their issue, which was God. Uh, another story, a uh, very sad story in the Old Testament, uh, is one of David's daughter. Her name was Tamar. Tamar was uh, abused sexually by her brother. And the now that incident was enough. The outcome of that incident is says Tamar in Second Samuel thirteen twenty it says Tamar lived in her her brother Absalom's house as a desolate woman, and so this woman had a trauma event uh, event that happened to her, and lived the rest of her lives as a desolate and desolate. Um, my wife and I uh, had the privilege of watching the new Milan movie, and in Milan movie the Eastern culture. Uh, they had an honor system. Uh, you were honored by keeping the traditions. Men, women had their traditions to keep. And you honored your family if you kept those traditions. You honored your culture. You honored the emperor if you kept in line, step with those traditions. The other part of honor systems is the shame-based system. So in the movie, you see uh, a person, be, uh, a character deceiving. And deceiving was a uh, a crime punishment for shame. And it was interesting how they lined uh, the tr uh, the troops up, the soldiers up, the, the community up. And it's like he took a walk of shame. Yeah, the incident was enough that he was deceiver. That was enough consequences. But to take that walk of shame with his head down tilted, it just reminds us that shame is around. But more than just shame on a movie or, you know, in the, in the scripture, I believe all of us uh, probably experience shame one way or another in life. I mean, that's just part of life. I was reading a study uh, not too long ago. In this particular study, it said three out of four uh, individuals in recovery won't seek treatment because they don't believe they're worthy or worth anything else but what how they were living. And so they already defeated themselves before they even enter recovery. And, you know, in, in the world... Uh, maybe shame is not a big deal for most, and maybe you can work through it. But if you're talking about addiction, addiction, it could be life or death in a person's life. So, um, so what is it, and what is it not? Many people get this confused: uh, shame and guilt, kind of tie them together. Now, there's guilt in our lives. Um, some of us are guilty of many things, and there's always consequences to that. Uh, Healthy guilt, you, you hear convictions in the Bible, um, you're being convicted of something, God's working through that, um, that's healthy guilt. Um, 
convicted of something I've done, or it might be convicted of a crime, and then the consequences of that crime might be a restitution, might be jail time, might be... So there is a thing called healthy guilt. But then there's uh, shame, which falls in line with condemnation. It's not that I'm guilty of something, I am something. And so if I committed a crime, maybe in my early years, uh, uh, that's that's a healthy guilt. I've done something, I retribution, whatever, whatever was needed in that place. But shame takes it a little further and says, I am a criminal for the rest of my life. And so we, it's an unhealthy attachment to that. And shame is a painful emotion. It's a wrongful thought patterns. It's belief systems that are not lining up with God called us to be. And so it's an inner experience. I'm, I'm, so where does shame come from? So we talked about shame a little bit. We talked about shame as not guilt. Uh, we talked about shame as being emotion, unhealthy thought patterns. So shame can come from many different areas. Uh, maybe it was, it's neglect. Uh, maybe something happened in younger in young in, in young age and family origin uh, that that was shameful. Uh, maybe it was uh, criticism. Maybe uh, you know people are, kids are mean. Maybe you got bullied as a child and. Uh, maybe you've done something. Maybe you've done some things and that you're not proud of. So it's many sources that it can come from. So knowing that shame exists, knowing that it's a problem, uh, let's dig a little deeper into how that problem can can go a little further, and what can be and some of the causes of shame. First of all, uh, there's just a lot of unhealthy. Emotions attached to shame that can lead to things like depression, anxiety. Those those things are just a natural uh, progression when you have these unhealthy emotions. Uh, But it's pain as well. Uh, I remember reading David's Psalm, Psalm 32, 3 to to 5. It says, uh, his his references his own. He says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up and by the heat of the summer. And so uh, David is talking about as he kept silent. Why do we keep silent? A lot, many times we don't want people to know who we really are. Uh, many times we, we, we hide from God because we, we, we believe that God doesn't see. And David, David shared a physical pain that was happening. And many times unresolved shame Will, will lead us to pain emotionally, spiritually, and uh, into our thought things in our thought patterns. But if you did, if you add substance abuse, it can it can lead to numbing and, and unhealthy coping mechanisms. Hence, why we have to call any mercy, and we end up seeing shame and addiction you know, as co-occurring uh, issues. Maybe. Shame comes from an unrealistic expectation. Now, I just want to make it relevant right now. Uh, maybe God has a word. God has a standard. We, we know that uh, God's word is always the standard. But maybe you are uh, looking at somebody's social media. Maybe the way they present their family. Maybe the way they uh, cook their meals. Maybe the way they take their vacations. And you might think that maybe maybe my life should look like theirs. Maybe they portraying things that 
maybe not even that true in their lives. And so sometimes we look at these snapshots of people's lives and we, and we, and, and we think, why, and why am I not Lord? Why my life is not mine enough that? And so we, we, we get into this shame-based system. Why, why did I make decisions early? If we play the if game. If I would have did this earlier. If I, and we start comparing ourselves uh, to someone like... And shame in all natures is self-centered. Uh, by nature, we're self-centered individuals. Um, we, we, we're selfish. The word always shares that about ourselves. And so shame kind of introspects that and takes that to another level. Maybe it's self-blame. Here, here's what I do want to park on. A lot of times traumatic events happen or wounds that hurt us uh, from other individuals. Many times uh, we protect them. Uh, many times we protect the incident or the individual. Maybe the love. Maybe it was a loved one. Maybe it was an event that you're not proud of. And we start taking on that for ourselves. We self-blame ourselves for some. So some things are are are, are doing are a consequence of our own actions. But many times we are shameful for the, some of the things that happened to us, and we kind of self we we take that on as our own issue and kind of protect and hide and then. So when a person is wounded deeply by another, especially early in life, there is a reaction to accept responsibility for the pain inflicted. People believe they are bad, they're in unlovable, which is why hurtful things happen to them. And so we kind of repeat the actions because we get into a state that, wow, I'm unworthy. This is what my life is. And then we start accepting other type of behaviors similar to the behavior. It's, it's like an addiction. If I, if, if I messed up or I had a relapse, I believe I'll always be a drug addict. And so I might as well continue in it instead of confessing it, reaching out to accountability. And we end up years later, months later, trying to regroup from that one incident. And shame just carries us along. Uh, people always take cues from the environment, and we know that. And so, uh, as we deal with shame, as we think about shame um, in these um, realms, remember, shame, healthy guilt, and conviction is healthy. It's healthy to be convicted of what you're doing. It's healthy to have guilt, uh, understanding that real guilt is real. But it becomes unhealthy when we when we start shaming ourselves or taking it to the to another level as this is who we'll always be. So that's condemnation. And and so when you run into something like this, when you run into issues like this, when you run into emotions like this, there has to be a remedy. There has to be a way to address these uh, issues. So I like to just for the next couple minutes, just talk about a few things uh, you can do, a few things that you can think through, process through as you dealing with shameful thoughts, shameful emotions, shameful belief patterns. So first of all, you need to be aware. Uh, most people live their life not even understanding or knowing that they're living out of a shame-based system. Um, it happens in the church. It happens in the world. And you need to, it's like coming out of denial and learning about it, understanding that, wait a minute, I've been living like this for a while. I've been hiding from this reality. For, I really don't want people to know who I really am. 
And so you need to expose it and determine experience healthy guilt. What is healthy guilt and separating from shame? And if you have, we talked about this earlier, if you have an event that happened to you, either from another person or, or circumstance or situation, I need to find healing from them for those wounds. Uh, you don't need, uh, there's many trained, skilled people in the church, uh, people that are skilled to work you through those process of healing. And so you want to look to try to heal those those wounds and and go to people that you can trust, accountability that is faithful, that you know, uh, skilled individuals that can deal with it, that, that are trained for that. And so healing for this first, be aware if you're living a shame for life. Second, heal those wounds. Look for ways to go, get healing for those wounds. And I love talking about that uh, because in my personal life, I've just seen how the benefits of doing that deep work, getting those healing wounds, that 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 shame out of there so I can live free for God. But one of the things that uh, that as a Christian I didn't understand completely was God's love. I believe God's love was like the love that I received from people, individuals. It was work-based. So if I do well, you love me. If I didn't do well, you didn't love me. You were in and out of my life based on how I was living. But when I realized God's love was deeper, richer than that he is love and that his love for me is not based on how good or bad I am. He loves because he is love. It was really refreshing to know he fully knows me. He understands me. And yet he fully loves me in that condition. So if I'm not on my A game, I can relax, not excusing none of those, none of those things, but that I know that God is going to love me through. And that's something you can you can take for God. So love the world. Uh, if there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and that the law by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh and sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that we may be righteous, that the law might be filled in us who not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things. So it's like setting your mind on things that are above. That's Roman eight. And it says there's no condemnation. There's nothing can separate later in that chapter. Uh, chapter eight, 31 to 39 talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. But I want to share one thing uh, that is very important as you understand and grow in your walk with the Lord and grow in life is that as God is sharing one thing in his word that can work through shame, guilt, and emotions is that God is building your identity in him. Now, shame will speak to you a certain way. People will share certain things, their opinions, their voice, voices. You can hear voices from your own self. But how is this lining up with God's word? In Matthew 13, 14, it says you are the salt in the light of the world. Now, how can you be the salt in the light and live in shame? It says that you are a child of God. It says you are the righteousness of God. Uh, in, new, in, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about you a new creation in Christ. And so God's truth, God's word is applicable 
to combat the unhealthy emotions, thoughts, and belief that are attached to unhealthy shame. Thank you. God bless you.